welcome back, guys. Uh, this is episode 34 with I- Isadora. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, we did like <laughs> seven takes of this, so it was just a nightmare. Um, Who knew my name would be so hard to pronounce? Yeah, it's it's not. I think it's very, is it very uncommon? I mean, well, I haven't personally met anyone with the name Isadora, but I don't know. It, it kind of, it's simple to say to me at least. Well, it, it it just seems so different and so out there. Like, I don't hear it that often. I think you're the first Isadora I know. So it's like. Well, I'm the first Isadora I know too. So don't worry. I get it. <laughs> it's hard to say. So it's like, is that, like, I didn't, I wasn't sure how to pronounce it. So it was just like a crumble of words. <laughs> like, it's always, it's, I always have an issue with names. I don't know. Do you have problems with pronouncing people's names or are you very very accurate no i i'm the kind of person that won't even risk it i'll just i i won't even attempt saying a difficult name because it just I, it just doesn't work yeah sometimes it's so easy like that i i think i have a problem with last names as well or things with hyphens oh, yeah. hyphens i just like <laughs> they just throw you off yeah like why is your hyphen or like that the accent mark <laughs> it's just like um i don't know how to handle that situation <laughs> like is it uh, Gomez or Gomez? I can't say it sometimes. I'm like, okay. I think it's different for every person, but it's just easy. Just, just don't even try. Don't even attempt. Just mm-hmm. well, let I, them do. All <laughs> <laughs> well, I like American names like Chris. I can say Chris. Any Chris is all the same. Um, <laughs> Mike. I love Mike because I can say Mike. Yeah, just a very simple one-syllable yes. name. But then when you had like one syllable and then add another, it's just like Isadora. Like I'm like, you know, I have to do that in my head. It's just, <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> well, uh, what was it? I wanted to talk to you about something. I totally forgot. Oh, you're. I just found out you were a vegetarian because I watched one of your videos and I was like, what? And <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, I wasn't shocked, but I was like, oh, that. You know, I just didn't know that because I I found you through the music. So it was like so strange to hear your points of views and you had vlogs and stuff. And I think they're, they're, they're were actually wonderfully edited. I mean, I find, Thank you. I find that most, most people who do vlogs at least start off. It's terrible quality. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like, there's no <laughs> well, it cuts. started, it started pretty bad, but I think I have made some progress, hopefully. <laughs> so what, what, I just want to get your whole point of view because I was like, oh. yeah, totally. So what, what, like, what made you want to be a vegetarian, or were you always a vegetarian? house Well, actually, I'm vegan, which is a little bit different. Ah, see. So have you have you heard of veganism before? Oh, um, I've heard of it. I, I'm just. It's just like this scary foreign thing that. <laughs> yeah, to me, it's like, um, like I don't want to mispronounce because there's like veg vegans, there's vegetarians, there's. Pescatarians, I know that's a thing. Yeah. So basically, veganism is where you don't eat any animal products and you don't use any animal products in your, you know, products at home, things you wear, um, just everyday choices, you know, everyday consumer purchases you have to make sure are not animal product-based and also entertainment-wise so you don't, you know, participate in any entertainment or activities that use animals so yeah it's a it's a big lifestyle thing um 
Vegetarian is just where you don't eat the flesh of an animal and pescatarian, I think, is where you eat fish um, but you don't eat meat as far as I know. But there are many different variations within that. <laughs> so so what, what made you become uh, a, 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 a vegan? <laughs> vegan, yeah. Um, I've been vegan for about two, almost two years now. Um, and I think, I don't know, I like to think that there are little seeds sort of planted in my mind leading up to the big epiphany. So, for example, I, you know, got into this debate with someone because I found out they had made a bet on horse racing. Um, and I was just like, this is so bad. Like, you know, the horses are abused in that industry and how could you be doing this? And then they kind of said to me, well, you eat meat. So you're kind of being a hypocrite. And that was my sort of first seed being planted in my mind and then it went from there and then I, I kind of went okay well I don't agree with you know abuse and torture of animals so I'm going to buy ethical meats and you know organic farm raised animal products and then I found out that wouldn't work because they're still abused and they're still you know slaughtered in horrible ways and then the only solution left was to go vegan and it was just a kind of really natural extension of my values and just a really natural step for me so yeah so take me through your thought process on like i understand you switching to ethical meat what what do you, what do you mean by like it's still unethical do you mean that they're still like being slaughtered is that your issue with it well yeah so a lot of people think that if something is labeled like free range free range chickens or free range eggs or, you know, RSPCA approved here in Australia. RSPCA is just like an animal welfare organization and they, you know, approve certain meats. We kind of think, oh, well, if it's got that label, the animals must be treated really well. But in fact, they're not. And in a lot of cases, even in free-range chickens, they're actually worse off because when you've got the battery cage chickens where they're all, you know, individually in a cage, they ha at least have their own a little, little space around them. But when they're free range, it just means they're all put into this one sort of area and they're all massive, like a massive, massive amount, thousands of chickens all crammed into this one small space and they peck each other and there's obviously bleeding and mm -hmm. and it's, it's really, really awful. Even if it is ethically, you know, it's bred as an ethically sourced meat, it's not ethical. Okay, I've never, I never really thought about it like that because, you know, what, because that's not really free range. If I, if, I mean, I guess you could label it free range, but to me, that's not free range. No, it's not. But they free can label range. it whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. That, but that, that I would still consider a bad kind of method. Um, yeah. Like I consider free range. You know, I mean, I, I'm in Texas, so you know, do you know where Texas is? Vaguely. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So, you guys are really big on meats, I'm guessing. <laughs> oh, um, so I, I I don't know if we want to get started on this, but Texas is one of the major hunting areas in the world. So, I think oh yes, I do know. It's number one. Um, I mean, like I would never, me personally, I would never do it for sport. Um, mm. I. I've done it for, you know, like, if you're not going to eat the meat or you're not going to, like, give the meat to someone, um, then it's it's not, like, it's just, 
you're just killing things for fun. So I think yeah. that's a terrible thing. But I, like I, I've never had that epiphany like you have, where like this is wrong, this is terrible. Like I love all animals, but I I've never had the the issue. Like I don't like yeah. It. I just want to find a way to balance it. Like I still will eat meat. Like if yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, like I, I definitely understand because, especially growing up in Texas, I can only imagine how much you know meat is such a central part of everything. Especially if hunting is really big there, it's just a part of the culture. And it was the same for me, even in Australia. Um, and also being Egyptian, you know, my whole extended family is really big on meat. But it's just. It's just a, a sign of the times, you know. It's becoming a lot more popular now, and I guess, at least in my society, it's a lot easier to go vegan. So I definitely understand why it would be harder for someone mm-hmm. like you to sort of have that epiphany, definitely. And I, I don't know. I feel like the, a lot of people are – like hunting is such a – it's not just, a, you know, killing something. It's more of a therapeutic kind of thing because, you know, thousands of years ago we were hunters and gatherers. And people are so desensitized and that you go into a supermarket and you just pick up the meat and you don't even yeah, think definitely. about it. And these, you don't know where this is coming from. You never, this animal, you never even seen the animal. You don't like, like some that's these, so true. Some of these kids that, you know, they eat the meat and they're like, Oh, well, I don't know what a cow looks like, or I don't know what, like they've never seen these animals. I yeah. Mean, they don't know what, how it feels to, you know, you know, have to have you know, work for your meat because that's how they did it back thousands of years ago, you know, or even a couple hundred years ago, that's how it was done. You have to. Yeah, definitely. And back, then, and back then when it was the hunter-gatherer sort of lifestyle, you had to eat meat as a form of survival. Mm-hmm. But now we're, as you said, we're so desensitized, we're so taken away from everything that's going on and where our food's coming from. And we just, as you said, we just buy a packet of meat and we just look at it as a product and we don't even realize that this actually came from a living being that was, you know, killed maybe sometimes on the other side of the world and shipped to us. It's There's just this massive gap in understanding. And it's when I sort of had that epiphany, I realized there was this big, almost black space in my mind of, I just didn't even think about the process of the animal to my plate. That whole middle ground was just a big blur to me and I never really thought about it. And when I actually thought about it in detail and saw footage of, you know, what goes on, I was like, you know what, I'm not comfortable with this and I don't want to support it anymore. So, yeah, that's kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel like about like zoos and like spectacle kind of things, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. That's that's um part of being a vegan, as I said, is you don't participate in any, you know, entertainment or activities that use animals. So I will never go to a zoo, I will never go to an aquarium or horse racing or, or God forbid grain greyhound racing, anything like that, because have you you might not have seen it, but there's a documentary available on Netflix called Blackfish. Oh, I mean, and- I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. What did you think about it? Well, oh, dude. (laughs) I just, you know, I feel like that shows the worst side, like the really worst, worst side of abuse. And it's just, I can't, like, 
I know not every animal is treated that way, but like this one incident, this one huge incident, mm. it sets it sets a type of precedence for everything. Like that, everyone's doing that. But you know, because it, I believe that was in Texas. Is that SeaWorld? I'm not really sure. Yeah, it was in SeaWorld. Okay, so SeaWorld's in Texas. I'm not sure if it was. I don't, really don't think it was in Texas. Maybe California. Um, I think Florida. I think Florida. Okay, so. There's pl- lots of Sea Worlds on, so it's like some places take care of the animals, some of them don't. It really is. Uh, Can I ask you a question? Sure. What do you mean by they take care of the animals? Um, some of them, like, okay, when I this is always good. I don't know. I don't want to turn this into a debate, but like, oh no, that's fine. <laughs> um, I feel that you know, it's. The, the way they treat them is different from place to place. Like the, the trainers, the, the everything, they all treat differently. They all have different methods. of. Uh, so what would be an ethical way to treat an animal who is in your captivity? Well, um, I know they do. They've started they've, since that blackfish incident. It was they've changed a lot of the protocols of like how to handle the animal. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so they they basically take the animals from the wild in order for them to engage in entertainment activities to raise profits for them. And I guess I'm asking, you know, like what what's what's a good way to do that? I, I'm not saying that's a great thing to just drag an animal out of the sea and then put it in a like a smaller pen for entertainment. But I'm saying that you know hurting. The animal physically i mean you're gonna hurt it emotionally because it's gonna regardless change. yeah it it's just human you know it's genetics and you know it's you when you put someone something in a different environment it changes the way it acts it changes the way it moves it changes the way it communicates with other animals so that's really something hard to control um so mm-hmm. but i i'm just i'm just saying that the the the, the type of abuse that was happening to that animal isn't the same type of abuse. I think I think it's still horrible, but you know, for me, it's just I, I don't yeah, really okay. I, don't, I don't really go to zoos. Like I've seen the animal as long as I've been to a zoo once, and like I'm good. And it's yeah, like, it's just you know, it's just I feel like people like it because well, well I, I want to get your perspective first. Why do you think people like zoos? Why do you think people keep going over and over? Well. I loved zoos. I mean, I had a family pass a few years ago and we went there all the time. And I was even a volunteer in a zoo. So I've been there. I was that person. I was that big meat eater who loved going to the zoo. So I I can definitely relate. I think people like, well, I liked it because I was an animal lover and I loved animals. I loved seeing the big cats and I loved seeing the bird shows I just loved it. I thought that was connecting with animals. That's what I thought and that's why I liked it. But that's unfortunately not the case because there's such a big gap in our understanding, as I said before, because you say you're an animal lover so you visit the zoo, but what you don't know is that in paying to in paying a ticket to go to the zoo, you're paying for that animal's captivity. That animal should be free. There is no reason where there should be giraffes and lions in Australia. You know, there's no reason for that except for our entertainment. That is the sole 
reason why they're here. And as an animal lover, when you realize what you've been doing is wrong, it is heartbreaking because you think, oh, I, I used to go there because I loved them. But and you love just watching them in their, you know, quote unquote, natural habitat. But that's not where they're supposed to be. That's not the life they're supposed to be living. So there's this, I think it's a big form of manipulation on the part of, you know, the zoos, advertisements. It's like, if you love animals, if you love the cute meerkats and, you know, look at our new baby penguins, come and see them. But it's just abuse of that animal, it's just captivity of it, and there's no nicer way to say that. And as you were saying, it was a bad example in blackfish, but unfortunately that happens everywhere all the time. There's no other way for them to create these forms of entertainment without having such abuse. It's just the way it has to go. Yeah. I understand that, but I, I'm what I'm trying to, like, I, I understand how terrible it is and everything, but what I'm saying is that, the more light that shined on it, the more changes that happened. So that blackfish incident caused a huge ripple, and you know the rest of the of Sea World, their their entire industry had to change everything, and they had much stricter stuff to. Yeah. So I think, but that's even good. now they they actually are stopping the breeding program of orcas. So they've realized, you know, there's no actual improvements we can make to this. They have to end it. That's the only way for them to actually be more ethical. It's not to sort of change the ways they, you know, catch the animals and train the animals. It's They just have to stop doing it altogether. That's the only way they can actually ensure the animal isn't abused. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. That makes sense. Um, I don't know. I just I, I always have an issue with, like, where does it go too wrong? Where You know, because always it's a gray, fuzzy line, like, I have, a yeah. dog. I have a dog. He's domesticated. He's sleeping right now. So it's like, is am I? I have mine right next to me sleeping as well. I know it's a hot. And it's I'm hot. like, should I let him outside and just like live in the the, the urban city? <laughs> like it's just it's it's just it's just like is he? Am I supposed to be, let him be free? Yeah. You know, I just I just don't know where to draw the lot like a clear clear cut line. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess the point of veganism, it's not kind of a, oh, my God, I'm just going to stop doing everything I've ever known. It's do as much as you can to reduce as much unnecessary suffering. So I'm not going to let my dog out because he's going to be eaten alive by a bird. He's a tiny little thing, can't fend for himself. But I can stop eating animals. I can stop you know going to the races and paying for these horses you know to engage in an activity that's so unnatural to them you know you just do things that you can do and it's I always think of it as veganism isn't like this massive just huge lifestyle change and everything is just you know different it's a little thing you can do to make such a big difference in my opinion Mm -hmm. don't you think how strange it is you know there's certain stuff that's allowed, like horse racing, as you said, or greyhound racing. Mm. And then you have chickens, or chickens, what is it, chicken fighting? Um, yeah. That's not really allowed. Uh, that's not really looked up to, especially in the yeah, US. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think Mexico is probably the biggest proponent of that. And, and also, is that the one they also have like dog fights as well, I think it is. Yeah, and they put different species in the same mm-hmm. sort of battleground and watch them fight. And for those people, that is totally okay. That's totally normal. But 
someone, you know, in our Western world kind of looks at it and it's like, oh, my God, that's horrible. But then someone's going to look at horse racing one day and say, I can't believe they thought that was okay. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, the Koreans that eat dogs. and that's, Yeah, definitely. That's so foreign to us. And it's like, why would you do that? The monsters. I, like, read a, an article a couple weeks ago. It was about this this guy that went and saved, like, 20, <laughs> released, like, 20 or 30 dogs from the restaurant. That they were mm. gonna, they, they were gonna serve. And he was an American. Yeah, I think I saw that as well. He was an American. He decided to release them all and go to farms and release the other dogs. And I think he took them some with him. Something I don't understand the whole thing. Yeah, but the the strange thing is, like, I'll ask you, what do you think the difference is between a dog and a pig? It's very slight. I mean, like, if you think about it genetically, it's it's just a couple percentage. Like they're they're pretty much the same, just the features. Yeah. Um, they look different, but they have the same emotional capacity, mm-hmm. the same intelligence. Sometimes pigs have even been found to be smarter and they can be your pet just like a dog, but for some reason we've just been told that eating a pig is okay, but eating a dog is off limits. Mm-hmm. But there, there's no difference between the two. And that's where the idea of veganism comes from. It's like, no, I'm not going to submit to all these really hypocritical standards. I think all living sentient beings deserve a life of their own. And I don't think I should take care and, you know, take care of a dog or a cat and abuse and eat cows and pigs that's interesting that you said sentient um i was reading an article and i was just like wow this this makes sense but plants in a sense are sentient the the way they just like this is like new research we don't know anything about (laughs) so i'm just talking i'm not a biological i know i know a little bit of anthropology and stuff but when it comes to bio whatever bio biology is just like oh okay but I, I read this i was reading like four or five articles about this and tra- trying to decipher this but yeah there's this not the acacia plant i forget what, what plant it was but it was a certain type of plant and they think plants are actually sentient and they think they feel um the same way we do but in a different kind of capacity because if you don't know this like um a banana do you ever eat a banana you like bananas? Yeah. Okay, a lot. <laughs> okay, a banana. Um, how how much of the DNA in a banana do you think is match matches with your DNA? Um, I have no clue. Just just take a wild guess. Um, five percent. Sixty percent. Wow! In what way? In every all the whole DNA structure, sixty percent of it is exactly the same as yours. So we're more similar to a banana than a dog. And and no, a dog's about eighty. Um, but it's just really? that, yes, it's just that aspect of maybe it's eighty four, eighty five. But uh, in that aspect, that you're sixty percent genetically similar to a banana. That means your code is exactly sixty percent the same. And and is that including emotional capacities, like yeah, intelligence? Well, well, that's what this new research is and trying to decipher because they found this certain type of plant that when animals would eat it, right, they would chew it on, it would change the taste of the plant. 
that change the taste of the plant to ward off the the animal to say, oh, mm-hmm. it's change its you know flavor to a disgusting flavor. So you won't eat something that doesn't taste good, right? So it would change the chemical process, and it would if you ate one plant, the whole species, the entire species, changes its chemicals and or yeah, it's it's way of tasting. So I found that very fascinating and. That is really fascinating. But I guess the difference is that that's an example of a plant responding Mm -hmm. to certain stimulus, but they don't have like the central nervous system or the brain or, you know, mental capacities. That's what we're like. This is when you get into deep stuff like that. What is, where does that come from? Like theirs might be a little mature. Like where does, it doesn't have a brain, like a certain type of brain, but. Is it something similar to the brain? It's that kind of aspect. And they're diving into this. I don't know anything about it. But I just. just, (laughs) That is really, really fascinating. But I guess I don't look at a cucumber and, you know, think, (laughs) oh my God, I'm ripping it away from its family, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if you do kind of think about it, it's just because it's not animated, it's not. It's not moving a lot, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's not. But they still don't have like a actual central nervous system and a brain. I forget what. They have a nervous system. To actually have feelings, have emotions, have families, have, you know, they're just like plants responding to stimuli. Mm. You know, that's that's really incredible and fascinating, but that doesn't show that they actually Mm. have feelings. Well, that, okay. How, like. Okay, see, that's an issue, I think, that, oh, plants don't have feelings, right? But you don't know that. Like, I don't even, like, sometimes I don't even know that people have feelings sometimes. I'm like, you have <laughs> feelings? You really have feelings? And it's like, <laughs> it's because they can show it, you know, your face expressions, all that stuff is a factor, but we don't understand feelings at all. Like, we, we now we're just figuring Maybe out. Maybe one day we will discover that, I don't know, lettuce we've been eating has been screaming for help. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's just like we don't know that. I, I uh, guess, and that's that's getting into the what ifs of everything. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. the facts we know now yeah. is that the things we're eating are just like our dogs and cats at home, except someone has decided that they should, you know, live out a very different fate mm-hmm. to our pets. Yeah, it's it, it's just like that aspect. Like if you know, this is we don't know enough. That's the issue. More research needs to be done. That's all we say. And it's like, hmm, that's research in terms of what? In terms of more plants and like figuring out what, what exactly are we looking at when this happens? And you know, so there's mm. like the plant research. Those botanists are going deep into this. Are they alive? Like they are alive. Of course, plants are alive. We know that, right? Yes, definitely. But do they have feelings? And you know, how do you measure feelings? There's not real measurement for feelings. I mean, the, we say there's a brain, you need this, you need that. But what 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 determines feelings? That's what the, the whole article and whole, that's like a, that's like a 15-page paper. I couldn't get through all at all because it was so complicated. <laughs> that's so interesting, and I'll definitely keep an eye out for that. I mean, I honestly thought the only plant that kind of had that would be a Venus flytrap, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that, yeah. you know clamp down on things but yeah, yeah. I, I never thought every other plant actually yeah. might have feelings mm-hmm. <laughs> just you know is that a mutation like 
like that's what they're thinking mutation that they were also talking about the venus flytrap i wasn't going to go into it because i didn't read the whole thing but it was like i, I read it but i couldn't understand it <laughs> that was the issue mm. and it was like i was talking about other sentient plants and you know it went to the venus flytrap and they were like saying hmm why is this the only plant that has this type of you know it can move it looks like, yeah has features that you know would resemble a living thing like uh you know yeah. a human a dog cat you know or an animal like is that an animal or is that a plant like it's yeah there's that's a fine line between that definitely it gets fuzzy so it was just going in that and i was like oh gosh i can't i can't spend four hours just researching all this and, <laughs> and not get anywhere and then you know yeah and then i was reading of course have you ever heard of crisper you ever heard of crisper no. Okay. Oh, I love love telling people <laughs> about CRISPR. So, <laughs> so DNA. Okay. So, um, it's basically let me break this down as easy as possible. It's uh, D, it's changing your DNA, uh, your genetic code, right? So CRISPR is this new project. Well, it's not new, but it's been, oh yeah, it's kind of new, semi new. A couple years, they've been. They've always done it on, like, we also got to get into testing, like testing on animals and stuff and how you feel about that. Because we do that with rats a lot. Like this was was with the experiment and they were testing, you know, if uh, they could like shut down and uh, put new genetic code into rats. Um, They tried to get rid of age, like the aging process and rats. Mm. And that didn't work because it ended up giving the rat cancer and it blew the rat literally bub- bubbled up and blew up. So oh my goodness, that's like a horrific thing. Like, okay, no human trials, but they have done human trials for nicotine. So you know how a lot of people, you know, smoked, uh, it would get rid of that receptor that, that, that you in your genetic code that accepts nicotine and gives you that feeling. It would eliminate that. So you could smoke. Then you could quit without any consequences, wow. physical consequences. And um, the applications of it are very vast, but it's just started. It's the, the applications could be changing your code for, you know, um, um, Alzheimer's, eliminating Alzheimer's, eliminating cancer. Um, it was it was just so much that you could do with this, but it's so like it's so unmature right now. Um, yeah. But stem cells are like now a thing. Like, um, I had a, a I had a buddy who got stem cell shots in his back, healed up. I think they can grow organs too, certain types of organs. So, wow! You know all these things. And uh, there was a recently they they created a goat from just genetic tissue. So it was born in a bag. It had no mother. Wow. They just got genetic code and put it into a petrius dish. And literally grew a goat in a bag, and it's it's like these amazing things that I'm like, wow, we're really controlling a lot, or like trying to control a lot, and it's like, yeah, it's kind of scary to me because like it is, it scares me a little bit too. I don't know where this is going. Like I always have an issue with like the unknown, especially when mm-hmm. it comes to you know animals and everything that has to do with us, like you know. I try, you know, if I talk about evolution, some people just, just, just say, oh, that's not a thing. 
that's not real, but you know, that's the best kind of thing we have. And uh, we know there was earlier humans, you know, different type of species of us and Neanderthals and all this other types of species. And, you know, it's like, is that human? And they were, oh my gosh, they're doing, they're going to do a trial in 2020 and they're going to impregnate, uh, uh, there's 150,000 volunteers, I think, or 100,000 that are going to yeah. be impregnated with a different type of species, a Neanderthal. Oh my goodness. And, you know, there's been a lot of uh, anger and kind of like, you shouldn't do this. This doesn't seem, you know, ethical. You're going to give, you're going to make an artificial Neanderthal. You're bringing back a species that was eliminated. And I always found that, you know, that's, that's kind of when you're playing really like dangerous stuff, when you're trying to bring back animals from the past, like, yeah, definitely. Why would, like, you're bringing back mammoths? You want to bring back a mammoth? I heard right about that. I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how That's far That's so it's- strange to me because we've got so many, like, issues now that we should be dealing with, in my opinion, that are so much more important than sort of just trying to bring back an animal for the sake of it or, I mean, if, if, if it's a life and death issue, I think that's what we should be focusing on, like cancer research and, you know, things that, people struggling with now as opposed to, as you said, trying to bring back animals that were extinct thousands of years ago that aren't required in today's ecosystem. Yeah, I think that's an issue. But then, you know, I feel like the, you know, the globalist kind of idea, you know, it's all about money and this kind of world animals. How are you going to feed 7 billion people? It's not going to work ethically. because people are going to want meat, and even if you can't grow enough plants, that's the issue. Well, that's the thing, because I don't know if you know this, but animal agriculture is the leading cause for rainforest destruction. Mm-hmm. So the Amazon forest is being cut down in football field size sizes by the second in order to clear way for animal agriculture and raising cows. So literally the animal agriculture industry is one of the most inefficient industries ever you're talking about feeding these cows with kilos of grains every day so that they can be killed and we just get that little condensed form of nutrients that is their flesh so that process of of you know growing the grains giving them to the livestock and the livestock being killed so we can eat it that is so inefficient and if we are even going to consider you know the future and feeding the billions of people that are going to be on this planet veganism is really the only solution because we cannot keep up this you know luxury item of meat in our diets as much as we do it's just not possible it's it's insane um but i don't know how you it's the issue I have is I don't know how you would execute a vegan project that magnitude. You, I want to slowly switch people to don't eat as much meat. You don't need to eat like a thousand. Yeah, definitely. It's a process. Like so many people tell me like, oh, but then what, why are you saying that? I mean, all the farmers are just going to lose their job. What are we going to do with the millions of cows that are just roaming around? I'm, it's not going to happen overnight. We're never going to have millions of cows roaming around because we can't eat them. That's just not going to happen. It's going to happen over decades and decades. Like you said, we're going to reduce our meat because we know the research is coming out. It's really dangerous for our health. 
It's really bad for the environment. So it's an inevitable switch that our community is going to undergo. But it's definitely going to happen at a really slow rate so everyone can, you know, the farmers aren't just going to completely lose their jobs. It's going to be a slow turnover and people can transition slowly. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't know because me being from the U.S., it's like I don't I don't know how Australia is because I'm so like we're both. It's very similar to America. Just, very very similar. I think I think that would be the second place I would want to live if it was a different country. Would be Australia. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's so it's so insane because like think about um, do you know of, of course you know New York City right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, New York City, like, how are you going to feed all those people? Like, they're stacked on top of each other. They're, 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 you have to feed millions and millions of these people that are literally sleeping on top of each other. And yeah, definitely. And I mean, you think that's dense. I mean, think about somewhere like China mm-hmm. or even my hometown of Cairo in Egypt, so much more dense. And the only way we can even start to consider feeding growing population sizes is by moving towards a vegan diet because we cannot feed this this population on meat. It cannot happen unless we cut down the entirety of the Amazon rainforest, which our earth relies on, and we overfish to the point where our oceans die. Mm -hmm. This stuff is already happening because we have been eating so much meat. Yeah, and you know when we cut down the Amazon, and I believe, like I honestly think it will all be cut down. I think it will. I don't think we'll change fast enough to change that. But I think yeah, it's so depressing, isn't it? Because I feel like in my lifetime, at least, yeah, my lifetime, it's just gonna be gone, or there's gonna be yeah, like a like a tiny sliver left that's protected from all these. Like it's the only place like. It's one small area, not super. Yeah, and that's so devastating and upsetting to me. And I don't know, do you know the Great Barrier Reef in Australia? Oh, yes. I've always wanted to see it. Yeah, me too. And the sad thing is the other day I was talking to someone about it and they went, you have to quickly, quickly go. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, it's going to be gone in a couple of years. And I was just taken aback. I was like, this is probably one of the most beautiful places on earth and our earth relies on ecosystems like that to survive yet it's going to be gone in a few years and our lives are all at stake it's really really scary yeah i feel like we're always just there at the last minute we don't worry we don't worry about these problems till it's literally about to happen and yeah that's so bad like I would tell it like I think the Amazon, you know, in a couple of years, <laughs> there's going to be a, all of a sudden there's going to be like we have to stop cutting the forest. We yeah, stop the people from cutting the forest. And that's well, just- uh, people are realizing that now, and because people kind of think, oh, we've got to quickly do something before it all goes, you know, to hell. But the sad thing is, it is already going to hell. It is already so so bad. Our situation, some scientists say, is at this point, irreversible. And I guess it it can be so overwhelming thinking, oh my God, I I have to do something, you know, to help. And you look around you and you just think, I don't even know where to start. But this may sound so preachy of me, but honestly, like 
one of the easiest, most simple, mindless things you can do is just change your diet. And every single day, a vegan, compared to a meat eater, I'll tell you the stats, every day they will save these resources. 1,100 gallons of water, 18 kilograms of grain, 30 square feet of forest that would have, you know, been bulldozed otherwise, and an animal's life. All of, and, and so much CO, CO2. I think it's some crazy, crazy amount of CO2. All of that is saved every single day by eating a plant-based diet. So if you're freaked out, just like the rest of us, and are thinking, how am I going to, you know, make my impact on the world a positive one? The first easiest step you can do is just change your diet. That's basically it. Yeah, that's that's always true. It's just the uh, you know getting a person to do that. It's like the hardest thing. It's like changing a person. I know. It's change. You're literally what you're tr- you're suggesting is people to change themselves. That is like the biggest hardest obstacle for any human being to do. Because if you tell someone, hey. You should do that. Most likely they won't or most likely they'll try or they will. will. Yeah, and and food is one of those really close to the heart sensitive topics that I've in the past mentioned a fact just like I've been doing now, just mentioning facts about it and people go, oh, my God, like I could never do that. I don't want to do that. Don't tell me, don't tell me. They, they just block their ears and they don't want to listen. And But you're not changing yourself. If anything, you're just becoming a more mindful, conscious, healthier person. But it's just so strange to me that people value their food so much that they would just ignore all of these facts in order to just satisfy these meat and dairy cravings. It's it's a strange thing, but at the same time, I understand because I have been there. I was a huge meat eater, but you don't need to be scared about your whole life changing and becoming boring and you'll never eat good food again. I mean. That's not like I don't know in Texas, but in Sydney things have changed so much. I mean, I went to a, a restaurant today with my family, and we had incredible vegan food. Like we're not missing out at all. Mm-hmm. So we're actually pretty lucky. This is the time to go vegan because it's becoming easier and easier by the day. Mm-hmm. I was watching. I watched. I forget it was that. I think it was that exact vlog where you were cooking something. And I was like, ah, oh, gosh, I need a. Oh, I need to eat yeah. more of that. And I'm like, that looks like that looks delicious. Like people yeah. don't, like like, you know, people think, oh, meat's so delicious, meat's so delicious. Like what what you know, what what people literally eating? think I just eat carrots all day and I'm like, dude no. <laughs> like I'm quite a fussy eater in that I like I'll eat everything, but I don't like repetition. I'll get bored of foods very, very quickly, and people sort of think I eat the same thing every single like salads. I don't eat like I'll eat salads every now and again, but I like you know hearty foods. I like trying new things all the time. You know, constantly changing my diet. There's no boredom. There's nothing like that. I love the food I eat, and everyone can. You don't need meat and dairy to live. You know, happy or healthy. That's so true. It's just you know, and. For me, I did try the vegan thing. It was just, uh, yeah, I couldn't get through the the sickness part. The first sickness part, especially when you're heavy meat eater and you switch. Well, I'm not super heavy, but I'm semi heavy. It was this transition phase. My body didn't respond very well. It was, 
Oh, really? I literally barely could get out out of bed. Um, I was puking every three hours. Um, wow. How long were you vegan for? Oh, I, was, I tried it for about two months, and it, I, I was still sick. Like, I wasn't terribly sick, but, you know, I was still not. I wasn't. I was like I yeah. couldn't function. I couldn't think. Like if you 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 were trying to tell me what five plus five, I would have told you twenty one. That's so strange because I, I guess yeah, some people are like oh, but you know, vegans are just sick and unhealthy. And I mean, it's you just look at the statistics and you see that you know I think it's two out of three Americans now are overweight, according to a documentary I watched yesterday called What the Health. Have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yes. Uh, yeah, and it, it's it's the one that was released on Netflix, I think, mm-hmm. yesterday in Australia at least. But um, so it, basically you can be a very unhealthy vegan. You can be sick. You can be bedridden. But you can also be a really unhealthy meat eater. But you cannot be really, really healthy and eat meat and dairy. I mean, of course there are some people who are. Definitely. But the science, I mean, and that's the same thing with some people who smoke their whole life and they never get lung cancer. But the science shows that meat and dairy is really, really devastating for our bodies. Really devastating. And being a healthy vegan is the best thing you can do for your body. And if you're not eating enough carbohydrates and you're not eating enough food on a vegan diet, of course you're going to feel sick. Of course you're going to want to throw up and you're going to be hungry. But if you do it properly and you eat, you know, a healthy diet mm-hmm. uh, on a vegan plant-based diet, you're going to feel incredible. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's true for like, I don't know how many how much percentage, but I think it's the truth for most people. But, you know, I think everyone's body reacts differently to different types of substances. Um, Definitely. Just, I mean, just, some people are more lactose intolerant than others but that doesn't change the fact that there is no human on this earth that requires a cow's milk no human on this earth and no human on this earth requires flesh of another animal inside their own body i mean you think about it and it's just it just takes you aback you're like i can't believe i was actually told that i needed this stuff in my body because you don't like you really, really don't. There's an, and people think, oh, protein, iron, calcium. Like, no, you don't need any of that from animal-based products. In fact, you're healthier without it. I think you can get certain types of protein from certain types of vegetables. I'm not sure. Every right. single vegetable and fruit. Every sing- As part of the molecular structure of any, any plant or food, there has to be protein. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a protein deficiency unless you're not eating enough and you're, you know, have a weight problem and you, you're literally not eating enough food. As long as you're eating food, you've got enough protein. It's as simple as that. But it's just one of the only things that the meat and dairy industry can sort of label their food, you know, high in protein, eat this because it's high in protein. Well, that's the only thing they can say because, you know, they, they've made people think that they need ridiculous amounts of protein to survive. When they don't, we're eating too much. We're eating too much animal protein, which is why we all, uh, you know, obesity rates and heart disease, cardiovascular diseases are all increasing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a huge issue. It's not, but you know, those anyone who you know gets 
eat so much. They just keep eating. That's the issue. Obesity is a huge issue. It's like, well, you can't, these people just, you know, it's cheap. That's the issue. It's cheap to eat. Yeah. Terrible. Cheap. I know. I was, there's like, uh. in the US, there's like 2,000 million McDonald's here. It's like, like there's, <laughs> there's a McDonald's down that street. I, oh, this is the worst thing I've seen. Three McDonald's on the same road or same street. Oh my goodness. Three That's happening in Australia too. McDonald's. Do you understand that, that kind of capacity that, you know, like it's not even just one it's in just horrible. one corner. It's three in the same corner and people, they're all jam packed during lunch, during this hour. Is during, like, it's just, it gets so insane. And I, I'm like, oh my God, like McDonald's is controlling like they literally have a grasp on the world they're in china they're in they're in almost every single country i know it's scary and and, and they are the ones that are funding uh, they they give a lot of money as you saw in the what the health documentaries they give a lot of money to the organizations that are supposedly supposed to be giving us health advice and they're saying we want to sell our burgers so go tell everyone that they need to eat more beef mm-hmm. for iron or something like that that's where we're all getting our health information from. Mm-hmm. And, and That's where we're getting our advice from. Yeah, it's it's so so baffling just looking at it all, and you know, the controlled how controlled the marketing of everything is. Like, you know, uh, they when they change like a slight thing, it's like a big thing. Like, oh, they're going healthy now. Oh, now McDonald's has salads. I'm like. Okay. Oh, the salads are gross, and they're like twelve dollars here in Australia. So my friends, if we used to go to McDonald's um, every now and again, and I would obviously only be able to get a salad, so I I got this twelve dollar gross horrible salad, and they'd get two dollar burgers. And I'm just thinking, if McDonald's was actually serious about trying to help people get healthy, they wouldn't be making it so expensive and so unsatisfying to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And like what you just said there, $12 and $2? Yeah. Shouldn't what do you think be, people are going to pick? Shouldn't it be the other way around? Yeah. Like, it doesn't and make resource-wise, it should be. It doesn't make sense that lettuce is more expensive than beef. It's it's all marketing. They want you to eat meat. Mm-hmm. They want you to eat it. They know it's bad for you, but they are working their asses off and paying millions of dollars so that the consumer thinks that meat is a normal part of their diet. And it's yeah, it's like those all those shifts. It just it makes me angry that you know they just oh they're becoming more ethical every single year. I'm like what? So, someone told me that I was like, are you really serious? They're becoming more ethical. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, it's a hundred percent beef now. Did you hear that? Oh, uh, oh, uh, it's not pink slime like there used to be. Like they didn't tell us, but it, they lied to us that hundred or ninety eight percent beef. And it was like pink slime or something, and it wasn't even real meat. It was like artificial stuff, and mixed with yeah. like, like six, seven animals mixed into like a burger, and oh yeah, even literally chicken bones. Chicken bones were grinded in, yeah, just a hundred percent. And it was like, and oh. not even just McDonald's. I mean, you think about all the meat you buy mm-hmm. in the grocer where it's it's packaged, you know, in an organic, healthy way. That stuff is. Filled with hormones, pus, pesticides, mm-hmm. 
really disgusting, even organic, even organic, it's jam-packed with all of these chemicals made to make these animals grow really, really, really fast. It's so unnatural. It's really, really disgusting. Oh every, every This isn't just McDonald's. This is every single piece of meat that you purchase. Yeah, and it's it's so, like, the only way, the literally the only way to know what you're getting is you have to go hunt an elk or hunt an actual animal and get that meat and store it. You literally can store elk for a whole year. That's could be your breakfast, yeah. lunch, or dinner forever. I mean, that would be definitely a healthier alternative to, you know, the hormone and, you know, pesticide fields meat we're eating. But as you did see in that documentary, it's not just the store-bought meat that's bad for us. It's the meat itself. I mean, you think about any animal, it's got hormones in it. It's got cholesterol and saturated fats. It is an animal and there is no healthy, you know, there's no health benefits in the long term of eating meat. I mean, yeah, you're getting some iron and calcium and all that because those animals have eaten grains and, you know, ingested the nutrients and you're eating it from them. But actually eating the animal is not helping you in the slightest and not even not even that. It's damaging your health. Like it's causing all our leading causes of death, the majority of them are actually causally linked to the consumption of animal and dairy products. It's it's really scary when you think about it because everyone thinks I'm just talking crazy and then they actually read the facts and they're like, oh, my God, why don't we know this? And it's because brands like McDonald's are paying millions and millions, not exaggerating, of dollars to perpetrate this sort of image of healthy meat as part of a balanced lifestyle. But it's all crap. It really is. Yeah. You know, if I, like, I try to rationalize, like, what are the big five top ways I can change the biggest, you know, impact? And it's always like, oh, well, I have to start with myself, then, you know, then expand. And then, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I think I think you just need to educate other people. And once you educate them, you need to show them like, OK, you can explain something to some someone, right? Like you explain something to me. I'll be like, yeah, I'll I might do that. Probably yeah. not. And you just don't have accountability for people that that, you know, OK, you have to have goals. You have to set this and that. And it's just people are being sucked into the void of like, this is all good for you. This is that food pyramid is like, when someone brings that up, I'm like, that food pyramid (laughs) is the biggest lie. It's the biggest conspiracy that's ever existed because it's not, it's it's not, it's not real. Like I can't, it's not real. And, and in what the hell he he went to interview all these, you know, um, cancer institutions and they're saying, why are you telling people on your website how to avoid cancer by eating beef? You're giving them beef recipes, and you know they, it was awkward. They they sort of look away and they go, "Actually, I'm I'm not allowed to talk about diet with you because it's all a lie. It's all propaganda in order to fuel this multi-billion-dollar meat and dairy industry." This sounds like a, this big conspiracy, but unfortunately, it's our reality, and it's at the expense of our health, and we need to take charge of that. 
yeah, and I also think that that the conspiracy side, the conspiracy kind of aspect of all that. Like, there's this. I forget. I've watched so many documentaries. My first one was <laughs> Food Inc., I believe, and that was like, oh, that was like the first big eye opener because I was a kid, and it was like, oh no, I didn't know that. But what did they do? Like, there's, you know, I've never seen slaughtering of animals like that. I've seen animals be killed, but not like that. They were just, just tossed yeah. around and literally murdered, like. It but was. that's that's the only way they can do it. And people who say, oh, but it's okay if they kill them in a nice way. No, it's not. They're still slit at the throats. They're still abused. And in order to produce the amount of meat that we as consumers are, you know, asking for, that's the only solution to kill them in such horrible ways. So it, it's, not, it's not even a way that they should be killing them that's better or another. It's murder is murder, in my opinion. And but it, murder is murder, full stop. And it, it shouldn't be thought of as so normal. Shouldn't be so accepted. But you know, propaganda, advertisements nowadays were just controlled by the companies who want to sell. So no wonder everyone thinks it's completely normal. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's interesting how some a lot of people like I wouldn't say uh, like more people are aware than ever before. But there's still the large, very large population of the world that doesn't know that. And yeah, definitely. And it's a spectrum. So there's some people who think eating dogs is fine. And you've got other people saying, oh, no, I'm an animal lover. I'd never eat a dog. They're the ones eating pigs and cows and chickens and ducks. And then obviously you've got this, this growing number of vegetarians and vegans who, you know, people say are just these crazy people. But we've got a point, you know, we've got a point. I mean, if you look at your dog, you see something that's really cute and beautiful. If you look at a piglet, that your first reaction is, oh, what, what a cute little piglet, you know? Mm-hmm. We're not meant to sort of look at a piglet and go, that's my dinner. It's not natural to us. Yeah. You were, we were talking about conspiracy, but what, like when you put conspiracy on something, it it's like there's another side to it that this is not all true. Like, those people that are deniers that that all is happening. There's footage of all this happening. Oh, there's footage. And people are like, oh, that's fake footage. I've heard, like, there's literal people. I don't know how many believers there is in this, but they believe it's a conspiracy that all of this is just a lie. and that. But then you ask them, like, well, then what, what is a good, humane way for this to happen, you know? And they, I've asked so many people, you know, like, what's a humane way to kill an animal? And they, they look at me blank-faced mm-hmm. and they're like, um, a really quick death, and you can just see that they they realize there is no humane way to mm-hmm. kill an animal, no humane way. So it's not about ethical, you know, meat. It's not about free range. It's about just don't eat it. It's not for your body. It's not right for the animal or the planet. And it's just a simple decision to make, just to say, you know what, I'm not going to eat that anymore. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard. Like. That I would have been blank faced. I would have been blank faced myself, but I would have just been like, "Well, there isn't a human way because there is not," and people don't understand that there isn't really a a, a humane way of doing it at all. So you yeah, would, so then you don't do it. That's the only other option. If you could have come up with another option, I would happily. Do that. <laughs> that's what that's why I went vegan because I was like. 
trying desperately to find a way to, you know, keep eating my my meat and cheese whilst, you know, looking after animals. But there's no way you it's you eat them or you don't. It's it's yeah, it's really hard for people to understand that. And it's like, well, you could do this, you could do that. I'm like, wow, that's not really that's not really a solution. You're just making it a little less harsh, I guess. And yeah. Like, and you're just trying to say, okay, let me. How about we don't kill it like that? We kill it like this. The method is the end result is the same. You're murdering an animal. Yeah. And, and I mean, leading up to that point, they're still confined and they've lived their whole life as a product, which is what we have unfortunately come to see them as just products that we buy. And we've forgotten they have families, they have feelings, and they can form relationships just like we can. And we've just completely forgotten that because these brands have hidden it all from us and just serve it up to us on a silver platter like it's just a product that we've bought. Yeah, I think it's, it's, quite, it's quite fascinating why we do this. And I, I still want I want to, I think change is going to happen and it's, un, it's, in, um, it's inevitable that, you know, people are going to less, over time, less meat, mm. less, you know, people are going to be more, of course go switch to being a vegan i think it's when people speak and and you know translate their message right that's when things happen i think about like you know the vegan movement um it really it really transcended in the late 2000s 2008 2009 2010 and there's more vegans than ever before and yeah it, even though it's a very small population of the world it's still like wow if you could get even like 15% of the entire world population to go vegan, it would have huge benefits. Huge, Huge. absolutely huge. Huge. Like the statistics I was saying was for one person per day on a vegan diet. So if thousands and thousands of people do it, it's going to make a huge difference. And it's so sad when people say, oh, but, you know, why why are you vegan? You, You do know that those animals are still going to be killed. You're not making a difference. But I am making a difference. We're all making a huge, huge difference. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. So true. And it's just, it's just like, I can't, I want to try it again. I'm going to try it again. And then, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's. Like I think they put something in there to make me addicted to meat or something. And well, they do. I mean, a lot of the products in cheese, for example, they target the same areas of the brain as drugs to make them addictive. Mm-hmm. It's like sugar almost. Yeah. So it is hard. I, I do understand the struggles, but if you you know watch enough documentaries, educate yourself, it becomes not a oh should I should I it's hell yeah i'm doing this and i don't even i've never been tempted ever i don't i don't eat dairy well dairy pro well i do eat dairy products but i don't drink milk i don't i don't like like cheese and stuff and that but i do eat meat but i don't put anything on it so it's like it's like a half solution for me and it's like yeah how can i transition to that other solution it's just like you know it's like you know I don't want to tell people to become vegan because I'm not a vegan myself. And that's, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm such a hypocrite in that way. Like I'm like, become a vegan. You need to become a vegan. It's like, yeah, but it shows that you actually do know the benefits of it. And you do know, you know, that you do need to make that decision one day and it will happen. You know, it's going to happen in your own time. Okay. And, and, 
And then I feel so hypocritical when I talk about these <laughs> things because it's like I've murdered animals. I've and it's like in my mind, like oh, I just you know I did it for meat, but I could have just gone to the supermarket and got something else. But then I'm like, ah, I think this is just a better way of killing something, not necessarily the most humane way because there is no humane way. Mm. Um, and it's it's always in my mind like uh like where i gotta draw lines and i don't know where to draw those lines and i have trouble switching back and forth on my positions and just me personally not not yeah yeah not that i i understand it all but i just don't me in my mind just doesn't comprehend like it comprehends but it doesn't switch it doesn't flick that switch that i need yeah one day it would happen one day (laughs) (laughs) maybe i always i always say one day one day one day well that's why i like making you know um the vegan videos on my channel because i like showing people how easy it is and the like incredible healthy foods you can thrive off and yeah it's just not it shouldn't be a really hard transition it should be really exciting I think it's 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 so so interesting that you know with like this type of everything just happening in the vegan world is always it's growing it's ridiculous how fast yeah. it's growing and once people start talking about it it's just like oh even if you just got one person vegan that's like amazing and then you get one other person to be vegan and then another person gets becomes vegan because your your message just spreads across across the globe and it's like wow if you if you told me what a v like if you asked me oh what's a vegan like five six years ago i've been like what are you talking about you me know. too i i'd have no idea what it was like times have really really changed it's so exciting mm-hmm. and then it's like what like i thought everybody ate meat what what, what, what do you mean <laughs> and it's so hilarious i just can't i can't figure out like okay then and there's still some people that are very uninformed oh yeah definitely definitely like you just you just drop that you know you show them one documentary and they're like oh my god oh my god i know it's just mind-blowing but then you've got the other spectrum where people just they're so defensive about it and they think oh you know no that's not what it is you know veganism is so extreme and i'm like I'm not the one that's killing the planet and killing animals. I'm I'm not the extreme one. So you've got the people who are like, oh, my God, wow, got to make a change. Then you're always going to have the people who are desperately going to try and cling on to, you know, their old habits of eating meat and dairy. That's just the way it's going to be. So how, how like we were talking about zoos earlier, like what do you think about people like training animals for other stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many animals that are trained, like dogs are a big example. Trained for I dogs. So many things. Like, yeah, I honestly, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I mean, 100% all, all animals trained for entertainment purposes is just black and white. There's 100% no. But things like guide dogs, I, I really have a hard time deciphering how I feel I've got a big moral conflict I I, I don't know I just don't know I'm being honest I think that's great that you don't actually know and you're not just giving like a one answer because like yeah. 
that's like a complicated situation. Like, have very. Kid, have my dog right there sleeping, and he's just like, it's like, am I, am I, am I mistreating him? Am I, you know, am I, am I being a bad person by keeping him? Just like, oh, yeah. I have the, I have the same dilemma sometimes, but. Those the dogs that we have are very domesticated, but you know, like genetically, mm-hmm. they've they're not able to live in the wild. So it's not like we can just release them. But I, yeah, still do have this part of me that's really morally conflicted. Like, do, do they want to be here? Have we have we conditioned them to want us? Is that the only reason they're here? But I, I still look at my dog, and I, I know he's happy here, whether or not that's because of the way we've conditioned them, but they're happy. And I guess that's at this point, you know, we've already got them. Let's just make sure they're as happy as, you know, as we can. Yeah, he licks my face, so it's like he's happy. (laughs) You know it. You know it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Whenever I leave and I come back, he's excited to see me. Yeah, but there's still such a big moral conflict even with those things. But, I mean, they're they're not able to live in the wild. (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, my little Pomeranian wouldn't survive in the backyard for more than two hours. <laughs> I love Pomeranians. They're really cute. Yeah. They're, I don't know. I, I also think pigs are cute. And most people don't think that. I'm like, come on, it looks adorable. No, I think they're adorable. I, I said that once at a dinner table. They were We were talking about something similar. And um, I was like, but, you know, they were like, oh, I love, you know, uh, dogs are beautiful. But I also think pigs are beautiful. And I looked at them and I was like, and I think cows are, are stunning. Their eyes, they're just beautiful creatures. And then they looked at each other and they were like, damn it, like we're doing something wrong here, you know? Yeah, that's so true because like a lot of animals are cute. I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, some some can be cute and terrifying. <laughs> I find that with tigers, anything that like has a lot of teeth. Um, yeah. Like I'm like, oh, that's cute. But an animal's an animal, and they're beautiful all in their own right. And I don't think anyone should decide which ones should get to live the ho- most horrible fates we can imagine, and others get to mm-hmm. sleep on our beds and you know be spoiled and bought pretty collars. And it's just so it, it's a big, big contradictions in our society. Yeah, and cougars. There's this cougar in Los Angeles. It literally lives in this park. Um, I saw wow! It. I saw it. I saw it, and it was just, you know, me. It's just like my instinct, like, oh god, that's a like, just the way it looks, the way it moves. It's so scary. It's a. It feels like it's a monster to me. Like you know, I mean, humans can be monsters to each other, but it's just like, oh, it just gets me on edge. And he just walks around. He lives there. They don't. They don't have any problems with him as as long as he's not in the city. And he ha- They have a iconic, iconic picture of him. Um, next to the Hollywood sign, um, and he lives in that mountain, and he just he never goes down to the the where the urban areas, but he lives there. You can see them if you just jog around. He's there somewhere, or you hike around there. And, you know, you you'll see him eventually. He doesn't do anything to us. It's like they just live there in peace. Yeah, and and it and it's like he's he found his habitat. He found his kind of place, and it's like. Like, I don't understand, like, a lot of people don't know this, but, like, ever since we've created, you know, large societies and cities and this, um, animals had to adapt. And you have raccoons and a lot of other animals that adapted to um, 
become a part of your your kind of a community like you know yeah you had to switch because something lived there before you did deer or something it's like something lived there before you did and now you've grown this and now you gotta work in conjunction with them you can't have them growing down the street i mean like like you know you can't have tigers just walking around um, <laughs> apartment buildings and you know that's just like we had to, i don't know segregate or you know try to find a way to cooperate but then now you have all these animals you know well, like i said raccoons that basically live in urban areas that have adapted to all the urban Mm. that is so fascinating there was so much before us and we think we're this incredible species that's just you know so superior but no there are a lot of animals that came before us that were doing a lot better than we were you know taking care of our surroundings yeah how like don't you think how uh, how like how amazing all the different types of animals yeah, and then, species we don't know yet. Yeah, and like you know, a lot of the species on land are found have been found. Most of them, I mean, there's probably a good percentage that haven't. But under the water, that's where I get all like, oh, wow! Like it's like, yeah, it's it's breathtaking. We don't know anything. Well, we barely know anything about what's underneath the ocean. Like I remember, I remember I was watching a documentary about that super giant squid. They were calling it the Kraken because it was resembled the size of it was supposedly Kraken size. It was all, <laughs> and and it's like what? There was an animal that big, that weird, that strange, and like my favorite strange, the strangest animal I think is the cutest thing is a platypus. Um, yeah, they're Australian. Oh yeah, I, I always wanted to see one in the wild because I don't. Well, they're really endangered, I think. So oh, yeah? like, very rare. Think, yeah. They lay eggs. Like, what do you think about all that endangerment and near extinction? And I forget the levels, but there's like three levels. But like, well, I think that zoos and marine, you know, conservation organizations are manipulating that situation because so many people are like, oh, like all the endangered species, they go to zoos, you know, and there's you know rehabilitation, you know, breeding programs. That's all rubbish. I mean, you don't captivate an animal for its own good. You put it in it's in the wild at, where it can be as safe as possible from poachers. Do whatever you can to, you know, make sure that they survive on their own, not in a small confined space on the other side of the planet. And, I mean, all of this stuff is happening because of, you know, poachers and hunters and all that. But at the same time, it is the average consumer as well that's at fault because we are purchasing products that are so bad for the environment and when the environment changes in this negative way because of global warming, ecosystems change. Animals become endangered because of that. So it's not just the poacher's fault. It's our fault as well. Mm-hmm. And like you have so much different, like of course global warming is a big issue, especially with animals not just to us like it's not just an issue for us it's an issue for everything everything that lives lives and breathes on this planet because Mm -hmm. if you switch shift like the the weather a little like the types of deserts the types of terrain um, the ice caps of course it you start eliminating animals that live in that natural habitat yeah 
they will most likely go extinct. That's just the way it's been um, forever. And 90% of the animals that have ever existed are extinct. And they'll never come back unless we start doing crazy stuff. But it's just, I'm like, okay, like how, like saving that one animal. How do you feel about like breeding, like force, forcibly breeding animals? How do you feel about that? Um, obviously, it's just messing things up, mm-hmm. especially if it's breeding inside a zoo or inside Sea World or you know even puppy pounds. It's really depressing, and it's just not something that I want to be a part of. You know, I always take this approach of like, you know, um, what is it? One, all is one and one is all, you know, everything's together. Yeah. And there's this. We're all in it together. Yeah. And there's just this entire connection of everything. Um, and of course there's a cycle of life and everybody's like, well, this animal kills this animal. So that. Oh my God. Don't even get me started. <laughs> the cycle of life. So many people tell me, oh, you Lion King, Circle of Life. And I'm like, you're kidding, right? When was the last time you went hunting with your canine teeth and, you know, mm-hmm. ate, ate, you know, dead flesh for dinner, you know, raw? That, that's not the Circle of Life. That, that's interesting that you said that's how we actually used to eat and you used to not cook your meat. Um, In a lot of civilizations, yes, that was our history. Not all. But yes, that was, but we've evolved tremendously since then. And not only do we not require meat, but it's actually bad for health as well. So if the circle of life was so that we did require meat, our bodies would need it and they would thrive off it, but they don't. It's scientific evidence showing that we actually don't need nor do we benefit from meat. See, I don't necessarily disagree with you but i just don't maybe i just don't know enough i that's always like my my first instinct you know i need to look this up i need to decide for myself that's that's what i feel like everyone's issue is because you talk about global warming or oh my gosh the worst thing is like is the earth round the earth is flat kind of thing and those all those things i mean they're all in kind of different sense the same but they're always the same issue. Like, are they real? Do they exist? Is what you're saying correct or is it not correct? Yeah. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't. And when when I look at one side, I have to look at the other. And it's like, for me, I just like, okay, I know the world is round most likely, and, but there's all this stuff, them talking about it's flat. I'm like, I don't know if anything you're saying is true. And I try to check it. And I'm like, okay, so that's not true. Yeah, see, that's that's what the problem is. There's all this evidence saying how bad it is. But then you've got some people, especially organizations who sell the products themselves, introducing little bits of doubt to make you go, oh, my God, I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. So I'm just going to live a, you know, a balanced lifestyle, eat a balanced diet, you know, as if that's the solution. That's all they need to do, introduce a little bit of doubt to make you go, you know what? That's it. I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't know what's good. I don't know what's bad. So I'm just going to eat everything. That's what they want you to ultimately do. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I've been, well, I, what we call it, I don't know if they say this everywhere, but I've been hoodwinked before. 
Um, <laughs> it's you know, it's it's happened to me plenty of times where like I thought one thing was correct and the other thing's not correct. I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense. You yeah, so, and the solution is just to accept whatever you're doing and just keep doing what you're doing. That's what they want from you. So I like um. I don't want. I don't know if you would agree with me on this because this is like semi new information I learned. And I think I've switched sides on this. Um, so in America, well, I don't know about the rest of the world, but mostly in America, there's this, um, you know, gender wage gap kind of thing. Yes, same here. Uh-huh. So I've learned a little bit of like, you know, what what that means and i've I, I you know i always thought that was true you know that that you know oh, women get 70 cents to the dollar um and then i started looking into it more and more and more and more and i'm like oh god there's looks like there's evidence for some other theory on why we think um the you know there's a wage gap and i've learned that what they were people were thinking is not the actual wage that there's so many other factors that they don't factor into it and like time is time you're working all that other stuff that has actually matters when you work and Mm -hmm. that that, you know they're doing earnings like you know and we might be in different fields say you're a scientist and i'm i'm a mine worker right or something you know a plumber i make sixty thousand dollars you make a hundred thousand dollars right and now you can or i make 70 or wait Let's do this the other way around, because then, <laughs> so I make a hundred thousand, you make seventy thousand, right? So then you would say, "Oh, that is uh, seventy cents to the dollar." And but see, that's just someone introducing a little bit of doubt to those claims, so people ultimately go, "Oh, see, there's no problem with the gender wage gap. Just, just keep doing what you're doing." Like that, it's just, it's just that 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 I feel like, from what I've learned now, is that it's being switched upon. It's saying. It's making the thing more extreme than it is. Maybe it's pennies. Yeah. Maybe it's like one cent. And maybe you're making more than me. Like that was a real, real debate that I was like, what? I never thought about that way. What if mm-hmm. I'm not the one, like, it's not, it's not, it's not women making less. It's men that's making less. And it's like, I've never considered that as an, even an option. Cause I, I, when I, I read something and I, I, I just accept it sometimes, you know? You accept a lot of things, you know. This is this is who you are. This is your name. This is the person you are. Okay, I understand that. Then you yeah, you start learning about things that really are very fuzzy. And that um, where do you learn about stuff? Oh, the media. I've learned it through the internet. Okay, is that correct? Is that right? And it's like, and we you you know you know this that things over time change, and. Once things over time change, you learn new things. Just like you learn that meat is not, you don't need meat, right? That's what you said. Yeah. You learn that, right? And you probably thought, if I told you five, six years ago, oh, yeah, meat, you need you need meat. And you'd be like, oh, that makes sense. And that's kind of the situation I find myself in with that. And I don't know. There's not enough traction in it. So, you know, there's not a huge movement. And saying that this what I'm saying is accurate, so it's like, how do I, how do I know this is the way I should think about it? But I've switched, yeah. I've switched my mind on that, and then I switch my, maybe, maybe three years later I'll find out. 
oh, I was totally wrong. Women are making 80 cents to the dollar. It was, it's not as bad as they thought, but it was still bad. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just those things where I don't know it's true, so I'm not going to do anything. It's that it's dangerous mentality. Yeah. But you do have a point. You never really know what the truth is. Uh, and it boggles me because I have to know. If, if I don't have, like, we, everyone and everyone has a mentality, a team mentality or a society mentality or this is my this is my house, this is my things. You know, you attach so many, that's my dog, that's your dog. It's always like, you know, you attach so many labels to that and it gets kind of um, uh, yeah. scary changed and now you're just saying oh this is mine this is your this is not yours and i think that happens especially with a lot of um feminist ideas and i i try to because i'm a man it's like oh you can't you can't come into this argument and i feel like yeah it's like exclusionary is that what you're saying so it's like (laughs) like you're saying i can't be a feminist or i can't talk about feminist ideas oh i hope you don't feel like that well i think just some people do that and give me that feeling. And I'm like, oh, gosh, does it feel like I, I don't feel comfortable talking about that with certain people. It's like if I bring up this, mm-hmm. they're going to argue about this. And and changing people's perspective on anything is the hardest thing to do. And actually, I'm, I'm one of them. I think I am the most open-minded person ever. I mean, I was so open-minded. I was like, all right, let's look into what flat earth is research flat earth and understand <laughs> what they're saying and then if you don't understand it then it's probably not true that's how i approached it and i was like <laughs> flat earth is not true now i know it for a fact and and people say get that those words truth is so subjective like this is the truth that's the truth you know this is all nothing but the truth i'm like well it's a it's true for now. If someone says, hey, it convinces everyone that this is not true anymore, then it's not. And it, it's so so interesting that that happens with feminism and anything. So, like, what is your idea on feminism and everything like that? I'm 100% feminist. So, feminist means equality, and I believe in equality. So, what, like, what do you think are the actual issues? Um, obviously there are a lot of issues that I haven't of course come across because I'm very fortunate enough where I live and the society I live in, uh, issue I would personally struggle with, of course, that gap in the pay, but also just daily encounters in, in the media, the way women are presented and the way we are subsequently treated in, you know, public spaces in clubs and bars just the idea that women are objects to be looked at and we have to, you know, look perfect all the time, just things you don't even think about. The fact we shave, the fact that we, you know, are made to think that our hair needs and our skin and our makeup needs to be perfect all the time, just this image that's being pushed onto young girls especially. That's sort of my connection with it. But obviously I know there are definitely a lot more serious issues especially in third world countries like sex trafficking and um all those horrible horrible things that are going on that are statistically affecting women more but um also what's really scary is domestic violence 
I think it's one in three Australian women are subject to domestic violence. That just boggles my mind. So, yeah, there's a lot of issues, a lot of issues we need to tackle. Okay. I, I want to get your perspective because I'm not a fem. Well, I guess, like, can I classify myself as a feminist? Is that even a thing? Of course you can. Everyone who believes in equality is a feminist. Just I think people are scared because it's got fem, the female in the word, but that's because statistically speaking, women are more likely to be subject to abuse, sexual violence, sexual trafficking, all of these things. And in order to achieve equality in today's society, we need to, you know, help women get the rights they deserve. That's why it's called feminism. And if you believe in equality, of course, you're a feminist. Be proud of it. How... Equality. I always have an issue with equality. Like, what is equal? Like, you know, you have one, I have one. Is that like, is, that's not the, is that, that's we not have the same opportunities. That's uh-huh. how it should be. We treated the same. I think that's such a difficult kind of idea because, like, you know, there's, oh yeah, I want, this was what I wanted to get your pressure. You know, I've, I had this argument once and it was just like, I was just explaining to a feminist and I was like, am I a feminist? And I couldn't question myself. And I was like, I was talking to this person. I was like, hey, so um, we were talking about brain size or something of men and women. And I was like, um, so how much, uh, you know, feminism or like, uh, you know, men are stronger than women. And then I said, that's what I said. I said that like physically men are stronger than women. Yeah. And it was, I got this huge backlash. Like you're so dumb and that that's not true. Well, there are strong women out there. I was like, um, yes, there's strong women out there. But if you look at the strongest man and you look at the strongest woman, the man wins every time. And, and I was just like, that doesn't. I couldn't, I I didn't know if I was being insensitive or, you know, just. I don't, that's a bit of a, I mean, in my opinion, there's a lot more important things to debate about than. Yeah, 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 but you know. But, but oh, definitely. But I mean, I am not a biologist. I don't know the biology of the human body, but as far as I know, without, you know, exercising, bog building, bodybuilding, whatever, um, I do think men are just naturally a bit, you know, they're taller. Uh-huh. They have probably bigger muscles. So, I mean, technically speaking, you guys might be a little bit stronger naturally, but, you know, I think that people are offended because it's they can take it as if you're insinuating that women cannot be as strong as men. And if you, of course, exercise and build yourself up, you can be as strong as a man. Of course you can. Uh-huh. You could be stronger than me. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Like it's just, it, I always found that a strange one of, of approaching because, okay, yeah, men men are usually stronger than women. Um, of course, you're gonna have women that want to be stronger than men, and that's their motivation, or just to become the strongest, just and, be stronger for themselves. Yeah, and then you know, um, I'm, uh, I don't know if you're you're, you do watch like. Humans fighting humans, you know. Have you, do you watch any type of sports like that, or have you ever seen sports like that, like uh, like mixed martial arts or you know, not boxing? really? No. 
So, you know, um, I was always on that. I do a little bit of boxing, but not like I don't watch any professional. Well, you, you're going to have to watch boxing because there's the biggest fight in the century happening in two months. Um, it's uh, Conor McGregor versus Mayweather. Um, yes, I do know about that. Okay, great, great. You're on the same point. If, <laughs> if you're not watching this, I, I think everyone's going to watch it. I think it's going to be the <laughs> biggest event ever. Um, hopefully, I'll get tickets to go after. You know, oh, fingers crossed. It's going to be so hard to get tickets, even if I pay for them i think it's going to be very difficult you have to know somebody i think i don't know how it's going to work but once it releases it's just hopefully oh, yeah. get seconds. and you know it's it's like that and uh, i was she was talking about you know i was like talking about uh, women fighting women and men fighting or men fighting women and then women fighting men if they wanted to uh she was like nope don't do that and i was like okay why would you if you want to be my kind of like equal and you want to do that equal kind of partnership that would have been the best you know if you want to compete against them go ahead if you want if if if, if they both agree i don't see a problem with competing mm-hmm. you know different genders like uh, but i mean like in boxing and whatever there's you have the different weight categories mm-hmm. so obviously your size it should be the you know decision factor of who you the determinant of who you verse i guess i i don't know sport well enough to make that decision but if a girl wants to verse a guy why not Mm -hmm. there was also this big issue in mma which i did not i couldn't pick a side or i couldn't like i couldn't be like oh i don't know this one i wouldn't touch this this problem and it was um this transgender i think it was a man and then he became a woman and started fighting as a woman and he mm. or excuse me she started just just destroying the other women in the division and uh, all right yeah she was like oh my gosh like like i've never seen anyone get humbled to nearly death i think she almost killed this lady uh, this woman this lady and i was like okay that's obviously an issue but she says, well, she's been transgender for a couple of years now. She's technically a woman once she said she was a woman. And I'm like, but in combat sports, I feel like you either have to wait a little bit longer for her to transition more and get rid of all that testosterone um, because she's basically roided up. She basically has a bigger bone structure and everything like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, there man. was an athlete who had the same thing. Um, I think her last name was Chand. Chand? Chand? I'm not sure. But she had really high testosterone levels, and they were actually considering pulling her out of the games because they thought it was an unfair advantage. So, yeah, that, that, that stuff is really controversial. And I honestly, like you being honest, I don't have a clear cut um, opinion on it. I think that's fine. But I, I guess gender is becoming less and less of a determinant of what you can do and who you verse. And I think that's a good thing. I, I, I think it's good to push back on those boundaries because the, so, the sexual dichotomy that we have, the gender dichotomy, it's being really, really damaging. So I think this is really, really positive for all of us. Mm-hmm. And do you do you feel like that's – that's I've seen more and more athletes that do that. Do you think it's 
if a woman goes to a man's category and they start losing a lot more, um, you know, they used all those excuses. Is that the same? Like, I don't know if that's the same situation. Like, I'm more okay with a woman go. I feel like it's a double standard because I'm cool with a woman going to a man and then competing as a man, but I'm not cool with a a man going to becoming a woman and competing as a woman. Oh, this oh, I don't even know. It's it's really really difficult. I mean, in in definitely in sports, I think the main de- the determinant should be, you know, your bodily structure and your size and everything, and it should there should be less focus on gender, mm-hmm. because of things like that, like transgender and um, you know, if you have ambiguous genitalia and you know testosterone or estrogen levels are higher or lesser than your teammates. You know, there's all of these determinants that are making it more difficult to sort of separate and have a clear distinction. So I think cases like this are actually really important because it reflects our society, which isn't this perfect gender dichotomy, and it's important to remember that. That's that's true. So, like, do you have, like, people that inspire you or anything like that, that, sports or anything? Well, I'm not the biggest sporting fan. <laughs> well, like, it could be any. I don't really. Like, I like a um, lot of actors. Or I like a yeah, lot. like I released a video on my YouTube channel all about the female role models that I aspire to. And I had a really, really big list, everyone from, you know, Michelle Obama to, you know, I don't know, Ariana Grande even because of my singing background, um, Malala as well, and – I even put in Kim Kardashian. It was a bit of a controversial thing. But... Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait <laughs> a second. Back up. Hold on. Give me your list again. Hold on. Just just break it down for me. It's a very, 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 very list. Okay. And I uploaded it a couple of weeks ago. You guys can check it out. It's called Why I Look Up to Kim Kardashian. But, of course, it's got a lot of, a lot of people in it. So I had Zendaya. I had uh, Michelle Obama. I had Ariana Grande, Malala, uh, Emma Watson, Kalani, another singer I love, and Kim Kardashian. Okay, okay, okay. How is Kim Kardashian on that list? Just explain it to me. <laughs> Great question. I Yeah, so whenever I do bring up the topic of the Kardashians or someone else does, everyone sort of thinks that they're this, these just really fake people who live these incredible lives and don't care about anyone else and they give them crap for you know, expressing themselves and their bodies the way they do. But, I mean, Kim Kardashian is one of the most successful businesswomen on the planet. There's no doubt about that. She's made an incredible brand, an incredible life for herself. She's come from the bottom and she's at the top now. That's because of her hard work and dedication. And you think about all of the verbal abuse she's subjected to on her social media every single day. She's put through hell and back every day. Criticism that none of us could mentally deal with. She deals with every single day. Yet she has managed to be such a strong woman and such a successful businesswoman in her own right. I mean, you cannot deny that. And um, me and my sister were talking about this actually because we're not naturally very, very slim model like figures. We're more on like the hourglass curvy side and without people like the Kardashians that body image would not even be recognized as a positive thing they have expressed their bodies in such incredibly in my opinion progressive ways other people see it as objectifying the body 
but I, I feel like I'm quite progressive in that if you present your body in in the way that makes you feel comfortable, there's nothing bad about that. And she does that so proudly, which is why she's a role model. I don't know. That's so shocking to me that you said that. It's just um, I don't see her as a role model. Like I think she's an amazing person and everything, but a role model, I would never like. I would never suggest that. Like it just doesn't make it just doesn't register in my mind because. I guess she went from the bottom to the top, but I would. She, she, was she? I don't know. I, I I know I know some of their history and everything, but when I I break it down to myself, it's just like, is she really a role model, or is, or is this all manufactured, or she like? I'm, yeah, it's it's a weird thing to think of someone like that as a role model, but she's made that image for her. If a guy were as successful as her, he would be the greatest, like all the guys I'd know would be looking up to him. Uh, I mean, you're talking like Elon Musk and, you know, all, all of these people who are just millionaires. And of course he's making very big difference environmentally and all of that. But if there's a successful rich guy, he's, you know, he's a great successful businessman. But if it's a woman, I mean, everyone's like, oh, you know, like, what's, what's wrong with her? No, it, it's not. I don't think it's that it's because she's a woman. I think it's because how she got there and what she does to get there and get all this business. I'm not lying. I'm not saying that she's not successful. I'm saying that the way she got there is not, it's not, it's not fascinating. It's, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't agree with everything that she's done. And I don't agree with every step of her road to fame, but she owns business. She's a businesswoman, do, so, and okay. she's a very successful one. Okay, do, so you're saying she's a role model for business, or are you saying she's a role model? Overall? In my opinion, she's a role model in terms of how successful she has become in okay. business-wise, but also the fact that she is so open about her body. And for me, a big part of, you know, feminism in my opinion you don't have to be like this in order to be a feminist but in my opinion it's women have always been chained for their body and you see any sort of dress code if for men and women there'll be a dress code and it'll be all it will say is girls don't wear this girls don't wear this don't show this part of your body this part of your body and it's like well look why can't I wear what a guy wears why can't I show as much skin as a guy is wearing and it there's just this very big contradiction that people like her are helping to tackle yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I I can see that. I I can see how you say that, but when it comes to her coming from the bottom to the top, I have that. I don't think that's true because she was, she's a Kardashian. Like, I, like my you know before she was born, her parents were famous. Um, that's not true though. She's the one that got the show started. That was her. Her, her show. That she, she was. I'm not saying she was spoon fed, but she was given a lot more opportunities than you know. Like, I mean, oh well, yeah, but, when but then walk- you can think about someone who's living in um, America or Australia. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue that we were given so much more opportunities than someone in a third world country. I mean, mm-hmm. but we don't take advantage of everything. But she really took it with both hands and made an incredible uh, business and life for herself, and that's because of her hard work no one else's yeah i see what you're saying i am but okay it's a, it's a strange thing for people to think about because you never expect someone like them to be 
sort of positively, but what I said in my video was we need to be talking positively about other women. I'm sick of people bringing down women, bringing down other women. We should be lifting each other up and actually appreciating each other for what we've done. Maybe maybe her story's just not interesting me or because I don't think, I just don't think she's as. Uh, she's not like a this incredible human rights, you know, <laughs> social worker. And I mean, I, I do have some of those in my video, but there was different aspects of every person that I looked up to and hers wasn't necessarily the way she dresses or her reality show it was the fact that she's an extremely successful businesswoman has, you know, despite all of the hatred and death threats she gets every single freaking day. I mean, she is a very, very men mentally strong person. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I think, I think she just ignores it and ignoring it. It's not necessarily means you're mentally strong. Like if it, it would be hard to ignore something that's so public. I mean, if the whole entire world followed you around with cameras and criticized you for every single thing you do, it'd be a little bit hard to ignore. I don't know if you'd be able to handle it. I don't know if I'd be able to handle it, but I commend those who do and still manage to, you know, treat people with respect around them. Yeah. I just think she has way too much not fame. I think she has so much attached to her and like all the things she's done. It's just, you know, I could point out like several things that I think that not make her a terrible person, just like how her star rose and everything like that. And yeah. Like there's controversial things that have happened to her without her consent and that she doesn't agree with that I don't agree with. But I mean, like you cannot judge someone by their past. And it's not like she was, you know, like there's obviously things I don't agree with, but you cannot just judge a person by the, their past. You look at them now, and I'm saying the as there are aspects like, of her life. Yes, yes, okay, okay, I understand. That. Not her, not the entirety of the Kim Kardashian image is okay. just this flawless picture. I'm not saying it's no, nothing is flawless. I think everyone has a flaw. Yeah. So it's it's very. I just think, like, I'll say she's not. Best example, I don't think so. Yeah, that's right. But that was just one of my mm -hmm. personal examples. But, yeah, there's, there's lots more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, for me personally, like role models are people that I think accentuate what what you would see, like, um, you know, from the bottom to the top or semi. Like, you have to, like, not necessarily come from a third world country, but that could also be a thing. But, you know, start from the bottom. Of course, I said we were talking about Conor McGregor, and Conor McGregor, in my mind, is that aspiration. He came from welfare. He came from from the roughest parts. He he could uh, of Dublin, and then he rose up. He got his chance in the UFC. He became a world champion. He became two-time world champion in two different divisions. He's broken records in every every aspect yeah, of the sport. Yeah, but in that in that case, I'd look at him and say, "I'm not really into that those kind of sports and everything." I don't see him as a role model, but he would. And then, and then the way the way he talks is very, like if you ever hear him talk, the way he talks is articulate, and he understands so much, and you know he 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 loves he loves fans, which I think is like you know a lot of those people who do sports don't like their fans. I mean, he's very, he's very a money aspect, um, not like a hundred percent. He just had a kid and now he's spending time with his kid and you know, he's, he, he, he's, he's, he's doing all that. 
but he's very money aspect and a good guy. You, you know, it's like hard for me to understand and wrap my head around. You could be a good person and have a, sh- a lot of money. And yeah. It's always like that with, you know, any, any celebrity from Elon Musk to Bill Gates to, um, you know, of course, Steve Jobs when he was alive. Um, it's like these kind of figures that you see all the time. And, you know, it's the way their star rises that I feel like is the biggest example. And then who they become later on, that's, I think the future is the most important in the present. The present yeah, definitely. The what they use is what they've got. Because, you know, because um, then I could find out Conor McGregor is the most horrible person um, later on. But, you know, I always, like, I don't like Floyd Mayweather because he's beating up women. Um, he beat up his girlfriend. Really? Yeah. I did not that yeah got off of the charges as if he hasn't been banned from the sport because he's the best boxer he's just, you know you get once you get to like a certain level it's just you get privileges of escaping certain aspects of that's true overall that's life true. when you have money it you can just make problems go away certain problems like if you had tra- like traffic tickets of course are the most simplest in america you pay 80 dollars and it's gone that's a simple way of getting rid of a problem. Yeah, definitely. And that's the way you can do it with lawyers. You can do it with, you know, commissions. Um, like I would say he probably bribed a couple commissions in his day uh, to favor him in fights. And some people might say, oh, no, he's just the best fighter. I'm like, well, he's, he's hit this woman like 10 times. And she was, oh, my gosh, I've never seen. I've seen like the Chris Brown and Rihanna thing. But this was pretty bad. And he didn't go to jail. I was like, okay. I've never heard of that. That's really sad. And it, it's like, it like makes me think like, oh, wow, this guy has so much power. And uh, he just rolls around, um, you know, objectifies women in that sense, you know, even though these, the, of course, these women are consenting to the objectification. So he can do his videos, do all of his, you know, throwing a million. He carries a million dollars with him at all times. Throw his money like it's nobody's business. Um, but then yeah. you have, so it's just like, I dislike him now. But at the time, I did not know any of these things. Yeah. And it's like, he's the best boxer in the world, you know. I just know him from the one thing. But then you learn about this other thing he did. And you're like, wow, he's shady past. And do you know who Bill Cosby is? Ever? Um, yes. Okay, so he raped like 60 women. And I know, that was, wasn't that the most depressing thing, just ruined your childhood? Yeah, because I, you I know. I feel so bad. And then for all the girls that they're only coming out now and saying something, it's just. Oh, and he, I believe he got off because of a hung jury. So. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Um, it's like, you know. And so in every single case, just by random that we've listed here, Every single victim, not every single victim ever is a woman, but that's definitely a reason why feminism is called feminism. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's by no means are are women the only victims, but Mm -hmm. statistically speaking, you are so much more likely to have to endure all this just because you are a woman. That's the sad reality of the world we live in. Yeah, and, you know, I have issues when you know figures like that because i believe any figure could you could find out kim kardashian is has killed someone or murdered someone and you'd be like 
what? I didn't know she was a bad person. Mm. Or, you know, whenever the roles are reversed, you know, a woman beats up a man and, or hurts a man. Like, you know, that's like, like he, she obviously broke his nose and, you know, battered his face. And, you know, it's just accepted that, you know, women are, are usually the ones that get hit. But, you know, the other way can happen too. And people don't look at it like that. Mm. And, oh my God, Bill Cosby, like, he was one of the best comedians ever. And, you know, it's just like, really, someone so iconic is this monster that we did not know. Like, this happened a couple of years ago when all these women started coming out. Yeah, to many people. And I was like, you know, me, I'm very uh, skeptical at first because it, you got to be s- skeptical about anything you read and anything you say. Um, mm. So I was skeptical. I was like, oh, one woman, uh, she's probably lying or maybe she's did this. And then, you know, this this is what I think the issue is, you know, what what happens. And then there was two women. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, forty-five or 60 now. And I was oh like, I was like. Even if it was just one of those women that was telling the truth and that actually happened to them, that is he one too gone many. To jail, like, uh, I know, it's it's one too many, exactly. Couldn't have said better. One too many. But oh, so depressing. And one in three women in Australia are subject to domestic violence. Mm-hmm. One in three. That's so, that's so staggering. And it's hard for me because, like, how – how can these women get beat up or, you know, beaten and nobody says anything, nobody does anything. Like It's hard for victims to come and, up. And it's, and but not even that family members, like oh, um, lots of cases of, you know, uh, the, the man beating or, you know, beating the woman and that, you know, their, their like uncle or like their, their brother finds out. And then he doesn't say anything because he's, he's not going to tell on his, his brother uh, there was a lot of i've read so many articles that were kind of like that and it was just like wow we live such in a crazy time where this is just acceptable um and people can get off if they're 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 a public figure like it's just not it's not like i always go back to you know trump being uh president and so he's like he's done he's lied a lot he's done all that stuff and it's like is this illegal is this not illegal and it's like, oh, can you kick him out for doing something illegal? You know, I remember he said, I could go up to someone and shoot someone on the street and I would get away with it. Something like that. I remember that. I was like, what? Did he really say that? And mm. it's like, oh, wow. wow. How how can he say all that? And he just gets away with it. Well, he doesn't get away with it. It's just it, nothing happens to him. So I find that very fascinating aspect of America. America's really in a kind of a us as a the United States in this kind of weird shift of like what's going to happen and nobody knows what's going to happen and people were always like you know he's not going to be the president he's not going to be the president but I always you know I give people chances and I believe that you know everybody has a chance to win you know anybody can do it and he did it People are still having issues with accepting that, but I think you need to look at like, okay, his four years are going to end in like three and a half years. Uh, so who's going to run against him? 
always like oh what a horrible position you guys are in in america oh yeah it's, it's, and i just checked i just checked the statistics and it was one in six women my apologies one in six women yeah yeah that, i always find that that that, that when you get statistics wrong, it's like you start Googling and be like, oh. Yeah. No, I think the one in three, I'm not sure where I got that from. But I just double-checked it was one in six. That's still a lot. One in oh, six. Yeah. I, I always think about it if you you think of your old high school or something and you, you get all the – like a, a group of kindy girls and you have to tell one in every six, guess what, you know, this is what your future's got in hold. I mean – as you said before, one in, one already is too much. I mean, one in six is just crazy. Yeah, and you know it gets crazy once it goes to higher numbers. And it's like, when is the boiling point where everyone's like, nope? And yeah, it should should already be no now. Like mm-hmm. it's just not enough. Yeah, it's fascinating. I don't know, but all these things, you know, I try to figure them out on my own. And, I like getting other people's perspective because it's not uh, your your ideas are always they come from a, a place where your own knowledge, your own understanding, and your own information that you're working with. So you come up with one idea, but there may yeah, be s- several ideas and several. Yeah, so important to get a wide variety of perspectives and be open minded and respectful of these opinions. Well, Isadora, it was great talking to you it was always it's great having you on it's always uh interesting i guess I, I, and i love coming on thank you and uh i guess uh until next time audio cut on can you yep yep yeah can you hear me yeah i can hear you now yes okay yeah that uh, it's always great talking to you. It's like yes, we have such great debates and conversations. It's so great. Yeah, I feel. Don't you feel like okay, a little end on this point? But don't you feel like conversations? They just don't happen as much as they are not used to. Definitely not. We're we're all in the small talk phase. You just mm-hmm. small talk everything. No one really goes into depth anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's so good to be able to tackle such big issues like this. And nobody talks like if you ever had to talk to someone and hey let's talk for an hour or two hours or 90 minutes something like that nobody talks to a person that long maybe at lunch or dinner but it's not really talking it's more like hey hey an engaged conversation it's rare yes and i think this is why i guess podcasting is a lot more people like it because you know you get to listen to a bunch of different opinions and a bunch of different yeah and people- actually since our last podcast i've actually been getting into podcasts because oh. they're just a great way to learn new information and knowledge so thank you yeah 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 it's always great and there's so many different types it's like oh, i bet you what I, I know there's a vegan one out there that's like the best one i've heard um i've heard other yeah. ones um and it's i'll like, have to listen to those and uh, it's just like, oh my gosh! You just some of them are storytelling. Some my favorite one is uh, right now. It's myths and legends. Myths, myths, myths and legends. It's like uh, it talks about legends from like King Arthur to Poseidon to like this and that. And it's just like it's just an enjoyable, entertaining way of him 
showing you how that was back then. What wasn't real, like, you know, not all of it was just what, what was written down and everything. He deciphers everything. It's like, wow. Yeah, definitely. Such a great way to just get so much information. You can be doing other things and be listening to a podcast and make that time so much more valuable. I think it's really good for history. I mean, I've learned more history in podcasts than I've actually learned That's in cool. history class. Like, yeah, 100%. And it's stuff you're interested in, so you want to pay attention. There's so many different podcasts. So I, I always tell people just keep looking. There's so much content out there. And now there's new content and and you know, you get a get everyone's ideas and, and then you can kind of make your own and then function with that. That's so true. What a great like way to pass your time now, just listening mm-hmm. to podcasts. Well, it was great having you on. Um uh, I guess that's guess we're wrapping it up here yeah thank you so much for having me on no problem all right you have a good day i guess yeah <laughs> yeah day uh sort of night time now okay well, getting to night time oh okay you have a good day and i guess we'll talk and you have a good night <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah okay all right bye bye